Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. It's needless to say that 2020 has been a challenging year for most, but a personal highlight has been finding my new creative home in the historic district of Potts Point in Sydney. For season three of Style Stories, I wanted to honour this vibrant community and celebrate coming together. What better way to do this than to partner with a community organisation that brings life and laughter to those who need it most, like the Wayside Chapel, the heart and soul of Potts Point, a Sydney village which has been likened to New York and Paris. Like these great cities, Wayside joyfully embraces diversity and brings together all walks of life in many creative ways, but notably through its op shop which is renowned for being a treasure trove of donated designer digs, as well as a vital source of support for this organisation. Of course, I talk all things style with my guests this season. However, I also hope to honour their stories by highlighting their contribution to community, not only through their creative pursuits, but by looking good, feeling good, and most significantly, doing good. Today, I'm chatting with prolific portrait photographer, Gary Heary. Gary is known for capturing iconic images of iconic people, but his more recent work offers the same insightful lens to more humble forms of physical life. Whether it be flowers, birds, or the wonderful ways of the Wayside Chapel, Gary has a universal ability to embrace all walks of life and capture the true essence of character. And while Gary's not into labels, whether it be on his clothes or on his person, his style, like his work, is eclectic, straight shooting, and always able to draw you into a story. While I would have loved to have thrown back to his formative days and dressed Gary in head-to-toe paisley and velvet, we kept it easygoing and straightforward. Gary wears a reclaimed silk linen blazer from World of Wallace and a La Martina shirt sourced from the Wayside Chapel op shop. I hope you can sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to Gary's story. Thank you, Gary, for joining me today. Um, Now, I've got to say that anyone I have met that has met you uh, has described you as a real character. Oh. So, (laughs) I'm looking forward to our our chat today. Well, I suppose, uh, hopefully I can live up to that uh, characterisation. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you can. Um, I also just have to calm my nerves a little bit because you obviously have an awesome resume of work and so it, um, you know, uh, it's a little intimidating to sit down with... I don't be because, um, you know, part part of my success as a photographer was to be not particularly intimidating but to be sort of open. Yes. And, um, um, I mean, I've photographed a lot of really difficult people in my Mm. career and... You know, if you if you sort of operate on the stories you hear about them, mm. then it's kind of inhibiting. So I tend to just take people as they come, straight yeah. up and down, what's ever in front of me, yeah. and try and not make too many judgment calls till later. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll take your advice on that for this interview, shall I? Um, can we start at the beginning? You've described yourself as a working-class boy done good. Yeah, I was reminded of that yesterday with the Melbourne Cup, of course, which I don't, in fact, bet on anymore because of the horse situation. But my mum was... um, uh, I used to take book for my mum in in Double Bay. We were working-class. It sounds... Double Bay, when I say Double Bay, Mm. people think, you know, oh, my God, no, he's joking. But Double Bay, from Cross Street to the beach was very working class. The mm-hmm. flat, we lived in a block of flats and my dad was a, um, a shop fitter, they call, which is basically a carpenter. Yeah. And we grew up in a, you know, um, I, I think it was a fantastic childhood, really. I mean, I never thought about the rich kids lived on the, around the hills on the top and they owned the boats that we sailed on. But yeah. I don't know, it was very egalitarian and that real Aussie egalitarian thing that I think I carried with me all my life. Well, I, I think that I can pretty much um, a tra- class travel really easily. I can, you know, I, I was very comfortable in a, in a New York high society dinner party and yep. 
I'm comfortable over at the wayside yeah. chapel, you know. Yeah. Huh? yeah. So you've said in that, like, you're, there wasn't a lot of creative endeavour in your childhood. No, not really. No, no, no. You couldn't. You wouldn't say that. I don't even think I heard that word for <laughs> I look. I never went to a restaurant except a Chinese restaurant until I was about 16. Yeah. You know, it was like it's another world, but it was irrelevant because we had this other wonderful life with a sailing club down the, the park and I don't know. And my life really changed when I, when I, I got a job as a trainee officer, uh, a, a, a trainee officer, uh, um, for his management guy, and he, and he, when I left uh, high school, mm. uh, he interviewed like 30 kids or 40 kids. For some reason, he picked me, mm. and I, I was underachieving in the office, and he sent me. He couldn't believe that he'd made a mistake with me because I, I just basically I hated it. It was opposite partitions, yeah. and I was, so, I was so stifled by the whole thing, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, he could not believe that he'd made a mistake, so he sent me to a Macquarie Street psychologist and okay. I still have the report on me yeah. to this day and it basically the guy I did all the barrage of questions anyway the guy calls me up and says Gary the boss is coming in tomorrow but I'd like you to come in I want to have a talk with you mm-hmm. so he said don't tell your boy I go in he says don't tell your boss but I think you should go to university yeah and just change your life here yeah and and um I did yeah I did yeah. <laughs> just I, I basically had a little MG TF and I sold it and <laughs> yeah. I university was free at the time yeah and I went to uh, New South Wales University yeah. and my life literally changed so so quickly in that year it was the, you know it was the 60s it was sex drugs rock and roll yeah. protesting the Vietnam War yeah every it was fantastic it was alive with action because that's one of the questions I was going to ask you and trying to kind of paint a picture of how you kind of came to be um, in your career not knowing you. Uh, My question for you was how does someone that does grow up in a working class environment come to study psychology and sociology, which I also studied, by the way, um, and, you know, do an arts degree. Well, was it the time? I, I don't re- It was just the time. <laughs> I mean, they were the subjects on the list. I yep. mean, arts degree, and I didn't really particularly know what an arts degree was, but that sounded like the place for me. Yeah. And it had uh, psychology and sociology, and, you know, I, I, was, I was quite political, always have been, and right. it didn't take me long to join the SDS, you know, and that a whole... Student uh, for a Democratic Society, and yeah. I, 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 so that was easy. And the psychology was, um, was I was always, you know, I was fascinated by that and by the subject. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I went to philosophy classes um, <laughs> uh, before I went to university as well. So right, okay. I mean, there's a seed of that in there. Were, in your household, were you? Was there just no? A my mum and dad were avid readers, right? And my dad had an incredible uh, collection of. 78 records right. and he would sing all the time yeah. uh, to this day I, even with my daughters i s- suddenly break into some old song um <laughs> do they love that, that? but we we're, we're, were working class you know it was yeah. like you know it was like um it was just like my mum and dad never advised me about anything right really. no so it wasn't a, it was just you go do what you want kind of basically situation. i did yeah i was right. pretty much independent by the time i was 16 i was making pretty much all my own decisions about things, I think, if I look back. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a big family? Were you? I had a sister who yeah. died um, quite young. Right. And um, I had a dog and mum and dad and that's it. So that would have had a big impact on you, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my, my sister died, you know, when, when I say quite young, I, you know, um, what, 15, 20 years ago now. And, okay, you know, yeah. Um, but so she you had, you had your child. You know, what, what happened was that um, at university, I mean, I, you know, I got caught up in, in this pretty big drug culture going on. Mm-hmm. Well, and I got caught up said, in right? We got caught up in that. But I never got... And all of a sudden, heroin was in town, you know, right. by the, my third year in university. Yeah. And people were dying. Mm. And, and it was, was not good. It was not good. And I could just see a sort of a, uh, a spiral going on in my life. And I had an American friend here and he um, he was moved back to the States and he had started this magazine called Indian America. Right. 
And I'd previously been to um, New Guinea with him and he sort of taught me a bit about photography. Yeah. And he had a little dark room and I played around in that. So he was a bit of a mentor. He's an American guy. He's quite, quite talented. And he had a, had a clothing store in Double Bay. But he, he shot, gave me a shot in the arm and I eventually, after travelling around... I'm a little bit ahead of myself. I'm not very good at um, the chronology of my life. That's okay. But anyway, we'll jump in because I'll tell you how I got into photography. So I went around the world on, on, as Aussie, Aussie kids do, you know, and mm. I went to the States and then I went off to London. And, and you were and this long-haired Yeah, university. I had long hair and moustache and I looked like I, you know, George Harrison or someone <laughs> like that. And, and um, yeah, I was – I just, you know, I just looked the 60s, classic 60s, paisley shirt and velvet jackets and um, and I loved that period, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. I'm quite conservative now, I think. <laughs> but um, – and um, so I went around the world, uh, you know, and drove across the States and went to London and everyone at that particular time used to sort of end up in London and yeah. – but I hated it. I oh, hated really? the class system, yeah. And oh, I stayed with weird. a really wealthy – Lloyd's of London family, and I used to go gambling with the mum. Right. And she was an she and the, she was an alcoholic, and right. I mean, the, they were so fucked up. I can't tell you. <laughs> anyway, I, I just when I came back to Australia, I, my friend said I'm starting this magazine in Oklahoma, and I'd like you to come. So I I took off to the LA again, and mm. then uh, drove down to Oklahoma, and I stayed with him and. This family, this really sort of middle-class American family, and we started this magazine. <coughs> excuse me, called Indian and America, yeah. and um, we got about two issues out or something, and we, and we lost everything, you know. And like, yeah. it was great. <laughs> but I, so this was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe where I was, but I was having a really good time of it all. But yeah. So what, I. What did that? I um I've had a stint living in America and spent a part of my job was to spend a bit of time in Middle America and I think as Aussies we can often be so judgmental about the mentality of Americans but for me the Middle American people whilst they might have some naivety around international politics they were genuinely the loveliest, nicest people that yeah. you would meet in terms of... They'd well, give you the shirt off their back. Was that your experience? Yeah, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would say that. And, see, I got involved with the uh, Native American Indian culture there and right. they were just fantastic. Yeah. They were, so the Ponca Indian, who I work with, mm. they lived next to the Osage. The Osage Indians had the oil on their lands. They were the Cadillac Indian, yeah. right? Yeah. The Osage were dirt poor. Right. I mean, I went into a – the first place I went into, we used to have to go to Ralph's and buy groceries for, as a gift. Like a gift. And there must have been ten people living in a, a very small room mm. with a big coffee urn in the middle. That, I, I the, so the first big hit of poverty I got into Tulsa – and that it was Native American. But the people around were, were really nice. But it was um, – when you say, yeah, I, I suppose it's that – well, it's now evangelical, but then everyone was religious and everything right. was God-bless. Yes. And I'm an atheist, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was kind of difficult – that that aspect of it, you know, everyone yeah. sort of went off to. Ch- I have no interest in that, you know. <laughs> but you know, they've got yeah, good good solid people. But you know, the, it's the it's the dumbing down of America. That's the that that's the tragedy. I think. Yeah. At the at the moment. Yes. Oh, today's it's a terribly a dumbed down. Day, isn't huh? it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in terms of your American adventures, you you got you went to L.A. Yeah. No. You... So I had. And went to LA and I got introduced to this girl who was about five years older than me and she had a cosmetic line. Right. And I had an affair with her and then I got I got edgy about that and I said, look, I've got to move on. And she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I really want to stay with photography. She said, oh, well, my last boyfriend was this guy called Norman Seif. Right. And he's a record cover photographer and he's got a studio on Sunset Boulevard mm. and I'll, I'll take you off to meet him. Yeah. I went, oh, gosh, okay. Yeah. And um, anyway, we're coming in together and there's this other guy's leaving. And um, um, I talked, I met Norman. She introduced me to Norman. I was talking. I told him what I wanted to do and 
he asked me about my experience and I just completely lied about everything, <laughs> that I was, you know, really cooked up. How old were you then? Um, I the must have been about 23, 4, 23 or 4. Did you always have that kind of bullshit confidence? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, um, anyway, he said, well, that was my assistant who's leaving. He's yes. just, he just left. He's left. And I've got a photo shoot on tonight. And it's, um, you know, you've got to, uh, you've got to, what we do is we do the shoot and then you've got to go in the dark room and develop the film and I'll show you what to do. And anyway, um, I said, yeah, 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 okay, okay. And I had done a bit of that, yeah. but not on this level, you right. know, like yeah. this is a job. Anyway, that night we photographed Ike and Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> and it was unbelievable. How did you? How and I did was the assistant. I got. That? I got. Everyone got drunk. We yeah. had, he used to drink. Everyone it was like a party. It was people everywhere yeah. in this tiny room. One light. Yeah. I still use this system, although I don't get people drunk. Anyway, mm-hmm. I. Um, it was just a mind. And then I had to go in the dark room. Yeah. And develop all the film and hang it up and do the proof sheets in the morning. And mm-hmm. I just did it. I mean, it's photography is not rocket science. You know, like. <laughs> you know, I'd studied the Ansel Adams system of, you know. Anyway, and his system was down pat. He had right, a system right. and I just slept, slept into it. And that's really how my career started literally. I use the word serendipitous, serendipitous because that's pretty much how I feel things happened for me, you know. Yeah. I just. But then again, when I use that word, I think, you know, you've got to put yourself in a position for luck to be... Yes happening don't you yeah. you have to take a risk for things to happen that's correct and mm. you also have to and I'm, that's what i'm curious about be in that moment and just run with it right yeah yeah you know, yeah like yeah, you yeah. got go, tina go, go. turner yeah, yeah. and ike turner Bang. right in front of you and just gotta yeah. be like you're supposed to be there you know yeah. the, the, i felt like I, this was this was yeah. like where I, I everything everything in my life had been towards this one point yeah and so you obviously then did a lot of um, work in the music industry. Yeah, well, look, we were, we would we were, his business, and he was the top record cover photographer in America right. at the time. Yeah, and the business was record record business, and the business was record covers. So I kind of learned everything because he both he did not only did he do the photo shoot, but sort of designed the album cover in house, and you know it was I was just it was just. Uh, when you when you see and look at a record, you know the square record cover was a fantastic era of design, mm. and basically and storytelling. The, too, yeah, it was right? a story, and it was image making. I yeah. am an image maker. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's a bit of an understatement, but sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's the, yeah. <laughs> but that's what that's what my career started as. Yeah. I wasn't an editorial photographer in a magazines and yeah. doing that. I was there to. To collaborate with a um, an artist mm. and produce a you know image that was going to sell them, right? And that, that, that was great because there was this great format, the square cover with a picture in the, on it, mm. and you could do that. You yeah, know? bang. And did you love the culture of the music industry at that time, like um, the rebellion, the hedonism? Was that something that you well, LA, to LA or? then was talk about moving from a drug culture here to yeah. moving to a even um, an incredible drug culture there. Like, um, although it was mainly, you know, the whole photo shoot and everything was mainly fueled by alcohol and stuff like that. I wasn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't particularly, you know, cocaine was around. In fact, there were so many drugs around, I can't tell you, everyone was on something. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but uh, I don't know, it all seemed very... I mean, I'm, I sometimes I think I wonder why I'm alive. <laughs> but, um, and did it change the way you represented yourself? Like it no, all those I influences? No, you know, I ducked to water, mate. <laughs> I didn't feel like I, you know, I, I didn't have to make too many changes. Or I had to, you know, you might think so, but when I was a little bit shy for quite a while and I just, I think Americans gave me a lot of confidence. They, you mm. know, they're very positive and... Yes. Uh, um, um, and it's not so, I can't say, because I, I didn't have a school or they couldn't pinpoint where I came from. It, there's it, a freedom in yeah, that, Yeah, there's a lot there? of freedom in that. Like, yeah. you know, here people ask you what school you went yes. to and blah, 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 and your accent, and mm-hmm. they're all big indicators, indicators of some sort of judgment system, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was none but of that. They were, they, they, they were, you know, like, I've, I've, I suppose I was like a, 
so you know a fresh breeze for them you know yeah. like who's yeah. this guy i've got yeah. no idea who he is yeah you know, it's easy so they just have to yeah, take yeah, you for yeah. what you were yeah, presenting I think at so. the time yeah yeah so you you've obviously taken some incredibly iconic photos of iconic people but you've also said that you would rather be a character than a celebrity because Celebrity um, yeah, can yeah, yeah. I don't. It's not what it's cracked up to be. That <laughs> celebrity. I, I usually say, well, it's great for getting a, you know any table you want in a restaurant. But if you notice that celebrities yeah. all hang out with each other all yeah. the time because yeah. I there's a comfortableness about the a shared sort of thing about. But you know, like it's a it's a it's a it can be a lot. You know, a, a, a rise and fall that's really really dangerous for mm. people to cope with mm. and. Um, I don't think you know how you you know you think about some people like they had this one year or you know, you know fifteen minutes of fame. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of them, and you know that fame is really powerful. Yeah, and and very difficult, I would say, to to to, to not have in your life. From, you know, yeah. so it's and one way photography is like being for me has been I've been like a character actor. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I've been able to adjust my my myself in that role over yeah. the years from celebrities and record covers and stuff like that now to being pr- pretty much uh, a complete addict for love of nature and <laughs> yeah. you know I yeah. mean it just suit it's just suited me as I've got older that that you know that chain of events yeah so in that um, you know there's a couple of things that I want to ask you first of all when you you want, so one of the things that you've said about celebrities is also that they don't really trust anybody. How do you get somebody like Madonna or Andy Warhol to to trust you? Well, to create yeah, an image. Yeah, you of know them? that's that. This is the thing that I you get asked continually about that as a photographer to mm, uh, you know processes course. everything. But you see, you're learning from talking to me about my process. In mm. fact, so. I, you know, it's a, it's as I said, it's a way of coming at someone where they're not threatened by you, and I create a really safe environment, like an unthreatening environment, a, and I, I suppose, in one way, a kind of a look, a laconic environment for people. It's got plenty of energy in there that later, but it's a comfortableness with people where they feel. Mm. But you've got to realise performers are. You know, when they, they, you know, it's like you can turn on a light switch. I'm the same way. Mm. Performers, you just flick the button and they're off and running. Yeah. So it's to their advantage to come in. They're looking for an image from me. Yes. So it's to their advantage to come and present themselves. Yeah. In the best possible way. Although, on occasion, that's gone, that hasn't happened. (laughs) But um, um, I remember once Ricky Lee Jones came, it was two hours or three hours late to my studio in New York. And she came in and she went straight to the bathroom and shot up, you right, know. Right. Okay. So that's not what a good way to start a moment? session. You, but I got great shots of her, you see. Right, right. Because I just kept on and walked right through it, you know, and just went, okay, this is what she's going to do. This is, I thought, this is kind of, I kind of like the challenge of that. This is, un, this is a little bit, you know, outside the normal thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, get, to, get back to it. So, you know, I just. Um, you know, and then you, you then you got to operate on your gut, you know, to get a good photograph. Of, you know, for people, you just got to get down and get the mind out of the way too. Like get that mind out of there. Yeah. Go up, go away, and just straight down the lens, straight at someone. Contact. Yeah. And so some of those iconic photos, like obviously that. Madonna picture. Yeah, well, that the, would be the that would be the one that's you know inescapable. Probably for you've most been. Yeah, I, about yeah well, with I you. don't really mind that. You know, look, yeah. I used to get worry about those kind yeah. of things, but you know, I those iconic images open doors for me. Now I can get to do whatever I want. Ask people, you know, and I've got some I've got some background, yeah. and people will let me do stuff that you know. It's great. Well, I guess what I want to ask you is. In the moment, do you know the power of that picture and do they know? Do, do, do well, when, in Madonna's case, not particularly. I knew I had great – it was a killer session. Mm, mm. She had – there were shots everywhere. And the good news is when she came over the next day and we went through them, we both agreed on the cover really quickly. Yeah. 
And so I did the prints and I, there was, the, there was someone who had done a photo shoot and she had rejected it. Mm. And then so we sent the prints to LA and the record cover came out really quickly right. and she was a star. But I, I knew that I, that was a great picture. But I didn't necessarily think that she was going to be, you All know. All that, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we, I'd do a record cover a week or so and some, <laughs> you know, some, some people was first and last record. Yeah, huh? yeah. Yeah. So... Um, going back to your role in it, you obviously you your psycho the the psychology, the interest in um, how the the human works and that that relationship has obviously been a big part of how you interact with someone. Yeah, no, and I'm, try, I'm trying you know. to tell you that I try and I try and dump all that um, you know um, sort of over analysis of what's going on. Yeah, it's a pretty simple Just about connection. Yeah, connection. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it needs to be taken on one-on-one. It's like you and me talking now or whatever. It's like, bang, go yeah. for it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, but um, so, you know, the thing about... So when, you, when you're taking a picture of, say... So this is why you have people around you sometimes because a lot of people want to talk while, while they're shooting, while mm. you're shooting. Yeah. And you don't really want that to happen. Yeah. You want to, you know. Just <laughs> if doesn't like it when we talk too you want, you want stuff around you over here that, yeah. that's baffling because what you want to do is go straight down the throat of it, you know. Yeah, and right. you don't want, and you don't want <coughs> some, you know, discussion about something too intellectual. You can do that after or before the session. But when you're in there, there's another thing going on. There's a little bit of magic between people. I don't know. It's mm. like... You know it when it gets <coughs> when it gets going. I can really feel it. And I yeah. get really excited. Yeah, and I go bang. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's almost becomes having been a start fashion stylist for the last ten years. When you're at a good photo shoot, it, it becomes quite emotional. Like there there has been times where I'm like, oh, like I want to cry because I know. Yeah, you that know that image You know what's happening. Yeah, but that's the theatre of it all, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you know, like. To build up, you know, like it's a, like a, it's the climax in the shoot. You just know there's a point where it's going to happen, and you know sometimes it's a struggle. You're going, oh, no, I'm not getting anywhere here. You know, you've got to. Well, you've, you, got... you've had to slap some faces to yeah, get yeah, the right yeah. shot, right? <laughs> <coughs> well, uh, I will do anything, anything to get get it to happen. You know, yeah. and part of that was also to be make, make a fool of yourself or. Yeah. Um, I'm, I suppose I could be a bit of a chameleon. I could sort of adjust to, you know, your 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 vibe about me. I think, you yeah. know, like I could feel what's going on. You yeah. know, do you need do you need pushing? Sometimes people need, you know, a little bit of aggro and mm. thrown at them. Hey, wake up, get on with it. You yeah. know. Yeah. Do you ever consider how you represent yourself when you're going to a photo um, shoot? Like, was that ever a consideration for you? Am, am I going to just oh, yeah, I suppose I am. it or? Yeah, I suppose as a stylist, you should, you, you probably, I probably am doing something that I'm unaware of. Yes, I would say I've, I've got, you know, I don't want to be, um, I don't know. That's a good question, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I just, um, I don't know. I've got the way I am yeah. down pat, I think, yeah. you know. So I don't think I've changed really that much since I was pretty young. And what, like, what would you describe that as? Well, I think I'm quite gregarious, mm. and and but I was, as I said, I was a little bit earlier shy, and I've got a pretty good sense of humour. In in California, thank you. In, in California, in when I first started, I did a lot of comedians. Right. I was noted for my ability with, say, Robin Williams and Rodney Dangerfield, and I used to work for Playboy and. Yeah. They used to have a, an article about com- comedians were big on them, and I would get all the comedians along, and they and they and so um, and I, I, for some reason I just got on with them in, in, in intellectually as well. They were really, so they used to to put off a bit aside. They used to when we used to shoot for Playboy, they yeah. used to bring halfway through the shoot they used to get bring a bunny in, <laughs> a Playboy bunny, right? Yeah. And so in the case, I can't tell you, 
the moment that bunny came in the room, the testosterone level skyrocketed <laughs> with the comedians and they went jello on you. And yeah. they just went, you know, that was so funny because I don't, I don't know what it is about those kind of period, but it was... So from, from one comedian went another and I just got the reputation of someone who could really get along with comedians. And yeah. so I'm assuming I have some sort of a sense of humour about it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but to describe myself, I suppose... Um, I don't know. I'm um, I'm probably quite. Um, uh, I, I seem. I'm. I'm, I, I'm probably more um, uh, self-critical than than most people would say. I'm mm. probably like. I mean, I'm. I'm. It's never good enough. Right. You know. Yeah. I've never really. I've never really really done the perfect job, or I never. I'm never ever going to get there, you know. But it, I still, to this day, I think I'm like really, you know, pretty much just mediocre sometimes. <laughs> it's hard to believe. <laughs> no, well, it, it's funny. It's funny, isn't it? I don't see myself that way. I mean, I have a strong ego or sense of self, but yeah. I'm not really particularly egotistical about my work, you know. And I, I mean, I think a lot of people are, think are a lot better than me. I'm just, you know, I suppose. But I, I think anyone that is. Truly talented never thinks that their work well, is. They're, they're highly critical of their work. Yeah, I suppose. They? Yeah, I suppose you really have to be, don't you? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you've got a it's annoying, perfectionistic you know? it's, tendency. It's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. I remember when we photographed Joni Mitchell she, uh, and when I was an assistant, and she said, for, she said uh, I got on well, really well with her. I really liked her a lot, and. She said, Gary, you've just got to celebrate all your small successes. Yeah. Huh? yeah. And I thought, oh, what a great thing to say to someone. And I thought, I'm a bloody jerk kid, <laughs> a kid from Australia <laughs> standing next to her in the studio. You know? Yeah. I don't know, she just picked it out of nowhere. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So you spent a lot of time in the US, but then you came back to Australia. I came back to Australia and there was not, you know, like the, the celebrity thing was pretty thin here. Mm. You know, there was a few record covers and... I don't know, noise works and a lot of guys like that, but I was not going to be able to make a living here out of uh, um, that business. What so drove you home? I just got... Um, I came back on a few trips and I, I just... I think I just missed the whole physical life here. Mm. The beauty of the... Just swimming and the... I just got sick of all that... Um, stuff in New York, you know. Was so a, you, you were in I mean, New the York. lifestyle is, you know, you... You know, clubbing and, and that, and, you know. It's fun, and, but it's hectic. Yeah, no, like it's, it's, <laughs> there's can't, no can't go on forever. And, yeah. You know, unless you were really wealthy, you had to have a property in the Hamptons and, you know, you had to have a lot of money. And here I just thought, no, I really miss this. So I grew up on the harbour sailing and swimming and I still go, I could go to Nielsen Park, like I went there yesterday for yeah. a swim. I mean, like that, I just think that stuff is like so... Wonderful, yeah. And I looked and it was, you know, the water was Mediterranean blue and the sky and the, you know, I thought, you know, it's, it's, it's I hate, it's the simple things, honestly. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? yeah. And that, that comes out in your style too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, it's so, it's really lovely here, you know. Yeah. And I'm so glad I left now. I mean, America is a, is a tragedy. And I've got friends who made their lives there, Aussies who've made their lives there, who mm. are just devastated by what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, but we we are obviously even just being in Sydney at the moment. We're incredibly lucky. Look at, uh, look at us! Look at us! We're we're a really cool democracy. You know, we yeah. we might knock ourselves, but we I think we've done a really good job of it. Mm. But you know, there's a sort of individualism, rugged individualism in America. That's very dog eat dog. So, and we have still have a sense of community here. As so, the Wayside Chapel. That's why I threw myself into the Wayside Chapel yes. and did that book that with them because <laughs> you, you've got to do that kind of stuff to understand and see what's going on outside of your little bubble, you know. Yeah. And that place will show you very quickly. And you know, I, I just think the Wayside is a, is the place, all, you know, all that everyone should model themselves out of running yeah. at running a, you know, a helpful place, you well, know. And what like what. Do you think I don't know. It's, it's both the reverends, the you know, yeah. current and, and John, John, John and, and you know, they're just the right person for the occasion, aren't they? They're just mm. reek of integrity and and you know, and they and they're not sort of they're not sort of sanctimonious or they're hard, you know, it's hard yards over there, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And they, they, what I think they do a wonderful job of is bringing the community together. Really bring it together, yeah. Potts Point, you know, this area, Kings Cross, you know, really does have it needs all walks it. Yeah. of life and they embrace that, yeah. as you've done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so I guess in terms of that sense of community... What do you think you're like? You know, you've got this amazing cachet of work that covers everything from the needy to, you know, Andy Warhol uh, to birds and, and flowers. Um, how do you think your work has well, contributed I'm, I'm like, back to the community? Um, I'm always thinking about the next thing. I'm like, I'm, the, I'm not living on the past. I can talk about the past, it's yeah. a vehicle to for the future, but constantly preoccupied with a new project and so I, I try and invent one or something that I haven't done before I can't really I like to move forward all the time you know yeah and uh, so you know it's just a continual process of uh, of doing that but at the same time my you know there's a there's commercial needs in one's life you know <laughs> so I'm when so I now have to live off sort of exhibiting and prints selling prints selling a lot more, so you've got to watch out. It's tricky with art, isn't it? Where you you've got to watch out that you're trying to guess what people might like to buy. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know when when so you've got to watch out when you have a strong need for the finance before. I was making a lot of money doing advertising stuff and I'd, mm. I'd, I'd just do whatever I wanted and I'd finance the books myself and now, yeah. now I have to focus on, you know, I'm, I'm not going to retire here. I'm going to be photographing until I can't. Yeah, huh? yeah. But you are quite progressive, right? You're, you're like, you've embraced Instagram and you're yeah, doing no, your I'm, videos. I'm, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm onto it, you know. <laughs> the social media because, you know, you just cannot stop uh, you know, people. Are, it's a really speedy world, isn't it? Huh? Mm, mm. Oh, and people, now. people, people just will forget about it. They're like, forget about you in five minutes. You know, yeah, yeah. bang, you're gone. You know, bad luck. <laughs> so I'm onto it. Yeah, I'm doing videos, and um, I've always got something on the on the on the burner. You yeah. know. So do you think your contribution is to to kind of teach people new ways of doing things, or just to to tell stories? Uh, my, my 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 job is to make you. Look at something like you haven't really looked at it before. Mm. Just to look at it, or not, at, at, at a little bit a different way. I want you to just stop and have a really good look at that because it's really pretty beautiful, you mm. know. And that's the power of a still image, you know. Of, of a moving image is a, uh, as, as a whole other experience. But to just stop and dwell on one really fantastic picture yeah. is a great experience and... Uh, you know, um, now everyone, like I'm doing, I'm doing a new project with, um, um, I've been working on with, um, it's called Birdland, and I'm sort of swung back to my birds because I had such a, such a library of birds that I, I now, and I've never done this before because I'm a, sort of a classic photographer, mm. and, you know, it's pretty much in the camera and with a little bit of, you know, darkroom or Photoshop enhancement, but not much. But this time I'm combining a landscape, so I'm going to shoot a really beautiful landscape because yeah. I know I've got the birds, say the black-tailed cockatoo. Yeah. I, I know, so I have a picture in my head of where, what I, where I'm going to put the birds. Right. So I got the Blue Mountains to the waterfall and, and create a landscape in there and then I put the birds into that landscape. Right. But I've already seen the picture before I pretty much seen it. Not exactly, but I've seen it before I get there. Yeah. That's the great thing about a long career is I can pretty much see the picture. Yeah. I can look at you here now and tell you exactly the portrait I'd take of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> um, Getting back to your yeah, style yeah, yeah. And, and fashion, you've pretty much touched every kind of realm of the fashion industry you, to the point where romance was born as put your prints into, into their fabric, into yeah, their work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're collaborations, aren't they? That's the yes. new thing that's happened to me. Well, 
you know, my, my collaborative portrait books we were talking about with Ellie, that was, that's a really lovely thing to do, this collaboration business, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think that <laughs> the Wayside was a collaboration, you know, yes, when I helped as them. as it is for Yeah, this as podcast. it is with you. It's yeah. a way of, you know, they raise money and they make money and they build the building and, and you see some end product of that, don't you? And you get to, this, so this was, it's a, it's a really good thing, collaboration. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, and I suppose... Um, Sorry, where was I? What was the question? Yeah, I, we were just talking about the fashion industry and oh, obviously... Oh, yeah. So in the case of Romance Was Born, um, whatever they want. Yeah. They're really, really talented people yeah. and they need, you know, they're not making a lot of money. They're not like a, you know... And so anything, if they want something from me, they can have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I see, the, if I see the, the talent in someone, I'm, I, you know, I, I'll give them my right arm. Like, yeah, yeah. Eh? You're doing the right thing. I'm right there with you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, it's very nice to be collaborating with someone like that. So yeah. It keeps you fresh, doesn't it? Eh? Yeah. And so um, in terms of the fashion industry and, and your your personal take on it you obviously don't you, you don't present with a lot of ego right you're you're confident but you're yeah. obviously um you know you give a lot and you've obviously done that throughout your career yeah. in terms of your style is it understated is it you've, you've oh, said you, know, you I haven't think it's really pretty, changed I think it's, that you know, much it's, 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 it's my top button done up in my glasses yeah, is, I that, mean, is that the you know, that's about part it. of you yeah 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 <laughs> you know. and I don't know people say oh you've got nice hair Gary you know like <laughs> oh yeah okay you know what I'm saying like maybe it's like pretty simple stuff but yeah, yeah. I cut it back I don't wear any labels like you'll never see a label label on me right yeah I mean the only one I've got one on my glasses but I didn't realise I couldn't see them when I bought them <laughs> <laughs> I got some new glass and I go, oh, what the bloody hell. Anyway, so that's the pretty thing. But it's been a bit of a consistent look. I, you know, I, like, I don't know. I suppose I do have a, a look look. Because it's, it's, that was the other thing that people were saying, you know, to me. Oh, Gary, oh, he's, he's got a very distinct I don't know. sense yeah, of yeah. style. <laughs> well, it's just a, but it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> simple. It's not like I, it's not overly dressed. It's like, yeah. I suppose in one way if I... I, I used to like Paul Smith and stuff in the early days. Yeah, you know. actually, that shirt. That we're yeah, really like I'm re- if I had the money, I'd probably, you know, and uh, oh, there was someone else I really loved. I can't remember that. But anyway, there were there are a couple of periods there. But they, I tended to really like the really expensive designers, I suppose, and I, you know, why? Because they can be brilliant, can't yeah, they? Yeah. So, um, but I sort of when I started having children and stuff and they just suck up all the money you know and and education and stuff so I keep it pretty I keep it like industry you know like everything's like pretty rugged and can wear it and stuff you know yeah so speaking of your your children you're in a household surrounded by women oh yes well yeah no I'm completely dominated by women (laughs) and my wife uh Saskia Havocus the florist down here on the clay she's a well, she's another one who I've collaborated with, uh, you know, pretty much our whole relationship. And my job in her business has been the image of Grandiflora, you know, yeah. the flowers and I do the ADMs and all that kind of stuff. And that's been as rewarding for her as it has been for me because it's sure. just another freshness. And my flower book, which I did in 2000, was like my, um, was that my first, second, no, it was my f- first book. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, she inspired me by, with individual flowers. So, basically, I treat everything as a portrait. Mm. So, whether it's a flower or an animal or anything, so yeah. I, treat, I treat it as an individual thing. Yeah. And I shoot pretty much as a, in a portrait frame. <coughs> but, um, yeah, well, as we're saying, collaboration. Collaboration's yeah. the, you know... Yeah. Although at the moment I'm out there and by myself in the car at the waterfall. Yeah. That's kind of groovy too, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> like no one. So like I've, I've never had no one. Right, not even an assistant. No, I've always had an assistant. Yeah, someone there. Yeah. 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 Like no one there. Are you, are you seeking that freedom, do you think? Or is it just no, because it's of it's kind of That's the way it has to be done. Yeah, right. You have to, whatever it takes, you have to sort of... Have to work out. That's the way it's done. I've got to look at the sky and it's a cloudy day and I've got to get in the car. It's a great day to shoot. Just jump in the car and go. Yeah. 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 
So getting back to to your girls. Oh, sorry, the girls. That's all right. <laughs> the girls. I've got three daughters. I've got, yeah, I've got Other than maybe draining your wallet, did, did they ever... I often ask this of mothers. Being, becoming a parent, does that, did that ever change how you presented yourself or...? Uh, well, yeah, I never thought... I never had my first child till I was 39. Right. So I never... I don't know whether I ever particularly thought about it, but... Um, I, uh, I love being a parent. I like it um, because uh, Saskia works re- really like a florist, you know, terrible hours. Long hours, yeah. I've been Mr Mum on a, a lot of occasions. Mm. So um, I do I do kind of enjoy that. And But it was the, the last day of HSC yesterday for my youngest daughter and mm. I felt this is kind of the first day I've never had to think about a school fee. So... Yeah. <laughs> But it's you, but that you know, my other daughter moved back in home, and I, I love that too. She yeah. moved back with her dog, and yeah. we've got a big house. I like, I like the busyness of that in the house. I like to hear them, you know, all Doing clucking stuff. away yeah. downstairs. Yeah, and, yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's nice. So did they humble you, or did they? No, they treat me like shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're really horrible, honestly. Oh, it's terrible. Um, I always say, you know, I've got two kids. They're yeah. still relatively little. But I'm I'm always like, you, you can't have an ego once you've had kids. And and if you do, I don't know where it comes from. Once someone's shat and vomited on you, yeah. like literally and figuratively, like, where do you go from there? Yeah, they do kind of <laughs> keep, they do kind of keep you, uh, you know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, you know, it's a, it is a lovely thing. It's like, but the, I suppose the quandary now, isn't it? It is a quandary to me that perhaps you know, uh, population growth is. I don't want to get over where I shouldn't be going here, but mm. you know, I think we're going to like have to slow down here, baby. You yeah, know? yeah. Because uh, it ain't it ain't working. I my my oldest daughter just had a a child and I just she, even she's really worried you have to be worried wouldn't yeah, you huh? yeah we, we've just been watching as a family um the David Attenborough uh, oh the last movie. one yeah, I had to turn yeah, it off at the yeah. end yeah it's, it's it's quite it's, it's really compelling up, but yeah. upsetting and my kids you know they're they're asking all these questions which are important but obviously I don't have an answer and I'm I, no. I'm having to tell them that part of the responsibility now is is obviously on us, but it's going to be on them. Yeah, and well, yeah, I feel kind of responsible. We took our eye off the ball here, didn't we? But, yeah. But, you know, there are... Um, but, you know, when you when you look at Australia, and in fact, even though we're, we're heavy polluters, we're under... We've got a pretty thin population. But mm. if you go to China, to Shanghai, and mm. you go from the airport down to the Bund, which yeah. is a half-an-hour drive, yeah. there are, it's, it's mountains... Left and right of high rise, yeah, mountains of them. Yeah, it's staggering. Yeah, you just go. How can this possibly be functioning? Yeah, yeah, and it's not. Oh, yeah, clearly, it's yeah. not. Yeah. So, so you've you've recently become a grandparent. Yes, I'm pops. Yes, I'm pops. <laughs> what? Where do you see yourself in twenty years? Are you actively grandparenting? Probably dead in 20, oh, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, not overly active grandparent. I mean, I, I kind of like that. I'm I've never been big on the baby thing. Right. I like it when they can walk and talk and go to the toilet, you know, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they're physically yeah, yeah, independent. Yeah, yeah, when they hang out and when they can, you know, have a conversation. Have a chat. So, yeah. Well, I don't know how what the other girls are going to do, but I'm quite, it's quite lovely having my oldest daughters. Uh, child to play around with a little bit, yeah. yeah. Do you think uh, you'll still be taking photos? Is that something that... Will, I don't think will... I can stop. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what else I could do. I'd be very bored. I mean, what... what you, if people retire, they die, I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> they always die the next... I retired, on the next week they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm lucky I've got something I can do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at retirement age, my dear, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I, I can't can't even afford to retire, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and in terms of how you're going to dress 
into the future. I think this is it. Babe. I think I think that we're we're we know it's not. Oh, going to go I tried to grow me. a beard the other day. <laughs> I tried to grow a beard. I tried every weekend. I tried to go start the beard. The girls will not let me do that. Right. I don't know what it is. They just want just me to just be frozen them. in <laughs> in this picture they've got of me. You know. Yeah. So. I was looking at Sean Connery. He's got a really nice beard, didn't he? And I was like, oh, that'd be nice on me or, you know. So, no. The have moment, you ever moment, had a, two days had a beard? Two days they're going, no, take it off. Right. Did you have one in your youth? No, I had that bloody moustache. Right. That was it. Yeah. That was the most yeah, that was, that, that was about, yeah, about it. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, Gary, I thank you so much for um, meeting me today and sharing your style story and your your life with me. Um, and I really appreciate and thank you for making me feel so comfortable about our oh, interview. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. While Gary will simply offer himself up as a working class boy done good, it's hard not to be a little in awe of his breathtaking arrangement of work. He does, however, immediately put you at ease and it's his unique ability to connect with any subject in a given moment that defines Gary's style, both personally and professionally. Add a dash of boyish charm and a cachet of awesome anecdotes from a time defined by sex, drugs and rock and roll and you're completely hooked into Gary's world. And while he'll tell you he's as comfortable in the company of New York High Society as he is a visitor of Wayside, he's not one to value labels or class systems. Instead, he's come to find beauty in community and the physical world. And it's this egalitarian ethos that defines the heart of the man and makes Gary's style all class. As we reach the end of the year and head into the holiday season, now is a time to look good, do good and feel good with Wayside Chapel Opshop. You can shop online at thewaysidechapelopshop.com or if you're in Sydney like me, you can donate your pre-loved fashion items at their 40 to 42 Warners Avenue North Bondi or 29 Hugh Street Potts Point locations. If Style Stories made you feel good, please feel free to subscribe, leave a review or explore more of my guest stories on my website or Instagram at madelinepark.co. Thanks for listening.